Hello, everyone, and welcome to Think Like a Dog podcast, hosted by Andrea Paiva and Millie Travis. In this podcast, we discuss how to build the best relationship with your dog. From rescues to reactivity, we'll cover it all. Welcome back to Think Like a Dog podcast. And today we are on episode 12. We're here with Connor and we're going to do the different types of daycares. So we're going to talk about what to look for in daycares, red flags, green flags, you know, how to look for a daycare in your area. Um, so with daycares for us, we got, I talk about this all the time, how we got lucky to find you guys, but we did because I didn't really have an opportunity to try and error a lot with our dogs, you know, so we found mirror image and thankfully you guys have structured day camps where it, they're just learning and training all day. And I take them once a week and those dogs, they learn, they are exhausted after that one day. I mean, when I bring them home, they get home at about six o'clock, they get their dinner they're knocked out until the next day. Like they don't want anything to do with any kind of activity because they're constantly learning throughout the day camp. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely something that most people are like, there's different types of play cares. Like what? Yeah. And, um, so just like a lot of things with dog training, it's, it's more of a, uh, common theme of ignorance that people just don't know any better and, um, figure, Hey, give my dog something fun and exciting to do. Why not? And mm -hmm. what can be the repercussions just like dog parks? Um, yeah. it's very similar. So, yeah. And what's, I think that people do uh, dog parks and day camps or daycares or play cares, whatever you want to call them, because the goal is to get the dog tired. But with us, that's not the goal or at least not the only goal. It would be nice if everybody was, um, you know, exhausted and fulfilled at the end of the day. But we firmly believe that your dog, and we talked about this in the exercise episode, that the only way there's, there's more ways to well-behave than through exhaustion. And that shouldn't be your go-to. Um, so, you know, I think with a, a lot of play cares, people look at it and like, oh my God, look, everyone's like having a great time. Everyone's running around and look at all these dogs in the sunshine, um, you know, playing with each other and having the best time, um, which is great for a lot of dogs. But, uh, you know, there are plenty of dogs that can do really, really well in that environment. But uh, a lot of dogs cannot, um, you know, most of our pack, I think, either has been kicked out by another daycare or would be absolutely kicked out by another daycare. There's probably... There's very few of our dogs that could just go to any daycare. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to the excitement versus arousal, right? That people, they see these dogs, wagging tails, open mouths, panting, all that. And they're like, look, it's a happy dog. Whereas, you know, that just like we say in all of our episodes, they're all individuals. So they respond to stress differently. And that, you know, doesn't always mean excitement. And so. excitement is one of my favorite things to tell people because, I think it's a misconception, I think, for dog owners. Excitement does not equal happiness in a dog. It doesn't even equal happiness in a person, you know? I could be excited about something, but that uh, I could also be really nervous. I could also be, um, you know... Uh, overly excited about it or put pinning up too much of my hopes on it, but that's not happiness. And, and I think what dogs are, you know, look for more is contentment, not happiness, not excitement, not arousal. Um, and there's a lot of daycares that, uh, focus on just partying all the time, 
and a lot you can tell when some of our dogs come from either the the daycare or dog park world they walk in there expecting to party and they come to us thinking okay that other dog equals excitement because this is the association that has been built over time um and then they look to us and they're like wait a second you're not letting me play right what's going on and it obviously it's not that we don't let our dogs play it's just we take our time getting to know them and making sure that if we put any amount of dogs together, we are focusing on on safety and making sure that we've got the ability to control excitement and the, the relevancy um, with all of these dogs before we just are like, okay, bye, here you go. Yeah, Making sure they're ready and still taking direction in those high simulation environments. Because it's hard. We, we take dogs with severe issues yeah. um, in our day camp program. One of the daycares that I was looking into with, for Max that um, they seem wonderful. They have a big open space. You know, dogs seem to always have fun. They're always active. They're always running around in open areas. So it looked awesome. I wanted to get Max in there at a point where we were out of town. My mom had the dog. So I was trying to get some load off of her because she had, you know, little dogs, um, Kane, Max. So it was a lot going on for her and she was, you know, working. So I was looking into this daycare and that was when Max was like super hyperactive already. Like he wanted to run. He wanted to be active. She had to play fetch with him all the time or else she couldn't handle him in the crate. So we were creating like this athlete dog like we talked about. And if I had sent him to an environment where they were just feeding more and more of that, mm-hmm. he would be later labeled as like an, an anxious dog that can't stay still, that would be barking at us all the time. And when he learned how to have structured play and that he can turn his brain off. He knows, you know, when to play at the right way, how to introduce himself to other dogs. He was taught that because you guys were on top of him in day camp, making sure that he was making the right decisions, guiding him to make the right decisions, setting him up for success. Now Max is being used as an example mm-hmm. on He's his sessions. One of our calmest dogs that we yeah, have out there. Max, yeah. our dog that I remember when, so our groomer, because um, we have doodles, you know, they need like to get their haircuts pretty constantly. So I, our groomer, when I found her um, for Poochie and Louie, our little dogs, I talked to her about Max, but she had a really busy schedule. So I was like, yeah, I don't think, you know, you're just going to work out for Max. I get it. Like, he's really hard. He's really difficult. I mean, he doesn't stay still. I said all these things about Max. So in her head, she's like, what's wrong with this dog? Like, <laughs> is this is this a dog or yeah. a dinosaur that you have? Like, what is going on? So I really made him seem like a really crazy dog that can't stay still. He would be barking at her. Like, don't even worry about it whenever you have time. So later... Months later, when Max was already going to day camp, he's got it. She found a spot in her schedule to take a larger dog. So I'm like, can you please take Max? Because, you know, he he needed to get that haircut. And when she worked with him, she's like, Max is awesome. He's super easy and he's great. And I mean, I'm like, yeah, I mean, we've been doing training <laughs> sessions, so he's improved a lot. Uh, she's like, yeah, I mean, from what you told me before, like, that's not the same dog. <laughs> this is actually a dog and not a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Right. So, but that's just from one day at a structured day camp that he spent a week for the last few months. Mm-hmm. It has helped him understand what play is and it didn't feed that energy, that negative energy that we were trying to correct, that he was, you know, trying to claim other dogs, that he was trying, I mean, he used to try to claim Kane all the time. 
time. Mm. Kane would get pissed. Yeah, wow. Max would try to jump on mm. Kane and hump Good him every time wow. that they were outside. And Kane would get so mad that it would growl and correct him. So that huh. was that was Max before a structured day camp. And to kind of go into the difference of what we're talking about with a structured day camp and daycares that you probably are more used to and, and are more common around the United States and wherever. Um, we we used to work for a play care that had 50 dogs every day. Um, and now we have probably top out at 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just the main difference I would say is the energy level and the overall intensity in the pack uh, with the 50 dogs who we never really – the goal wasn't training at that. At, we couldn't. Yeah, I mean, exactly. there were there were two people out yeah. there with 50 dogs. So uh, there was no training that we could even try to do. Mm-hmm. And we talk about decision making a lot of who's making the decision. And especially in a real life pack with multiple dogs, it's very even more important than just one on one. Right. Because there's so much energy involved. Um, and, and with that many dogs all we were doing all day is just saying no all day. Mm-hmm. And and in reality, we're not providing any relief, any new information that's different or, or dealing with any issues at all. Um, and it's it's really just playing chase. And the, the dogs were making the decisions ultimately in that pack. Um, and, and we were just playing catch up all day. So the structured play care allows us to set that tone out of the gate every step of the way, making those decisions so that those dogs who don't respond to stress with excitement, so to speak, um, feel okay in their own skin and feel like they're able to trust us, if that makes sense. I, I never, it's hard because we, we, it's been a while since we've, um, we worked at that daycare and um, I, I was the manager there and, and it was a struggle to be able to provide information to my team about the behavior of dogs, but not be able to actually work with these dogs because there were just so many of them. Um, and I just felt like no matter which way I was um, going, I was getting, I was never enough, right? It was never enough for my team. It was never enough for the dogs. There were always dogs that didn't get out, you know, in enough time. Um, but that's because it was looked at as all dogs are like, you know, if the dog is dog friendly, the dog is dog friendly with every dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not the case. But um, I, I forgot that that feeling of we spent the whole day telling those dogs no. I mean, the whole day. And I can't I have not felt that since since we opened up the center. Yes, there is a lot. I mean, in a very different way, a lot more work to what we do now. Um, but I, I, I haven't. I mean, yeah, we tell them no, but. It is not like the, we're not chasing the behavior. We're not just constantly on top of these dogs, micromanaging them in order to keep them safe. It's, you know, we're doing a lot of prevention work. And I, I just completely forgot that feeling of being exhausted at the end of the day because all I did was tell dogs no the whole day. And it's not frustrating, right? Yeah. Like you, you can feel the frustration on the dogs just as much as you feel the frustration in yourself that, hey, either this isn't working or we which is probably more important in the dog training world is this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel right. No, nothing in this feels good to me as a human that right. understands what's going on at all times. So I can't imagine, you know, not having a clear understanding, you know, from when they walked out into that yard and chaos ensued of how much stress that puts on that dog. And in reality, how much that probably hurt their progress more than it helped and that's not every dog, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, I look at it like this. My perfect vacation is 
going like to Asheville where it's pretty quiet. There's mountains. It's not like a party scene. Right. Uh, you know, on my 21st birthday, I went to Applebee's, right? Um, <laughs> but I mean, Connor is going to New Orleans, right? So it's, everybody has a different um, preference about what they enjoy. There are some people that really like to go out to bars and clubs. I'm not that person. I, I want to just hang out with a, a couple people uh, in my house if I'm feeling social. Dogs are the same way. I look at like a, you know, a 50, 60 dog day camp or, um, or, or your dog park on an average Saturday as a club environment, you know, that, yeah, at a club, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of people at a high intensity level. You're going to see some fights. You're going to see some, um, some bad manners, some, um, you know, but a lot of intensity, right. Uh, there are some dogs that that doesn't really bother them. And in fact, they enjoy it uh, and they can navigate that, that situation pretty well and, and, and pretty healthily. There are a lot of dogs that can't, but I think the reason that people think that their dog is the one, um, their dog reactive or dog selective dog is the one that is kind of the, um, the, the unique one or the exception to the rule is because you don't see those dogs out at the dog park. You know, your dog reactive dog most of the time stays home. Um, and so it makes people think that, all dogs should like all dogs. And that's just not the case. It's just not. Yeah. Now with your day camp, what does like a typical day look like when they walk in? How does that start? Um, so definitely, you know, just because we have it set up for success doesn't mean that dogs aren't going to come in with a whole heck of a lot of energy. So definitely draining energy was is top priority, um, but not in a way that's ensuing chaos, right? So still making it structured, still making it as neutral as possible, as calm as possible, and as productive as possible. So um, whether that means treadmill, if if just one-on-one work, one -on -one work isn't, you know, fulfilling enough for a dog, drain that energy a little more so we can focus on the other dogs, come back to them when they're a little bit, you know, more dialed in with us and start from there. So it's not, this is why I love doing dogs is because not one of our our days are the same. They're yeah. never the same they're and, all and they're not monotonous and it's not um, just saying no all day because mm -hmm. that's not what dogs need. That's not what they want. Right. Um, so just, you know, draining that energy first and then making sure we're carrying that calm neutrality throughout throughout the day, every step of the way, I'd say. So. But it starts with when we get the dog from the owner. Yeah. So we'll walk up to the lobby and uh, you know, most of the time I'm the one that's getting the dog from uh, the clients and bringing them back uh, to to the campground room. And, uh, you know, I'm calm when I get the dog. We don't we don't I don't pull you know, I'm not pulled back to the campground room. And, and if I am, we do some leash drills before we even open that door. When we open that door, there's another gate. We walk in there. Um, yes, the dogs will come up to the gate because I think it's crazy if they wouldn't, you know, come up to the gate. Everyone kind of sniffs for a little bit. And then when that sort of dies down, we walk in. But that dog stays on leash. We don't just um, there's a very small amount of dogs that we can just open the door or that we do open the door and just they're off leash. Um, not even my dog. I don't even do that. I mean, he if I can make him not jump the gate. Uh, I've got my own problems. Um, <laughs> then, um, then he's on leash and they get packed walked. They go, um, they get on the treadmill, they do place work. Um, and then once the last dog drops off, we do an entire pack place. So, um, we only have so many place boards and most of the time we don't have enough place boards for the amount of dogs that we have. Um, because if we did, we would just, the whole room would just be place boards. <laughs> um, and, and we spend an hour asking our dogs to do nothing. 
nothing all together. And we take the highest energy dogs and ask them to do nothing because most of the time our reactive dogs are actually our lowest energy dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's all of our hyper happy go lucky dogs that probably would do or would get accepted to another daycare. Those are the ones that we try really hard to ask them to do nothing before we start giving them any sort of freedom. And so, and that really puts us at lunchtime and we repeat the rest of it, the rest of the day. Yeah. And I would say the top priority with us is, is kind of that ability to take direction, right? So no matter whether it's socializing or just learning how to walk on a leash, that's taking direction. So not necessarily, you know, we advertise it as socialization. That's definitely part of it. But if they're not able to take direction first, then socialization is going to be chaos, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like that, that's how I think about it in my head, especially coming from a 50 dog play care where all we saw was chaos. Um, it, it's definitely just a difference of what we're being intentional about and, and prioritizing. Yeah. There's some, I mean, there's some huge core differences between structured day camp and regular like daycares and dog parks and obviously, obviously dog parks, but the biggest ones are absolutely how, how we act with these dogs, what our expectations of, uh, of these dogs are and, and how we spend the day with them. I think another big one is how, um, how well we know the owners or at least how much in contact we are with them. So, I mean, before when we were at, at the other daycare, I don't think I would have recognized any of our owners. I mean, there, it was rare. Yeah. I just knew the dog because um, there were too many of them. I didn't know um, the owner's faces. I didn't know kind of what the dog was dealing with at home. A couple of them I did. But now, I mean, I know these dogs and I know these owners, or if I don't, one of you guys do because they're clients of yours. And we expect, and this is the biggest difference, we expect our clients to be reinforcing this stuff at our at their homes. And if they aren't, then they need to tell us that and they need to give another dog a chance to come in. That's a big deal to us. If you're not reinforcing crate training at home, if you are not reinforcing uh, leash walking, um, you know, by your side, uh, you know, there, if you're not reinforcing all place work at home, then it's not fair to bring your dog to day camp and have your dog relearn this every single time they come in a pack of dogs uh, and not have that be reinforced at home. That puts stress on your dog on top of there's another dog who is getting that stuff reinforced at home and your dog just took that dog spot. The second biggest core difference is we, I mean, we have such a small number of dogs and we are not planning on raising it um, anywhere above, I mean, 25 tops because we want to individually work with these dogs. That is, it's the point for us. We want to make sure that we know what it is that that dog needs to work on, have time to work on it and be able to communicate that to the owner. Those are a couple of the huge differences. Yeah. And with your structured day camp, you guys also do a color system, which mm -hmm. I think is really awesome because it tells the owner exactly what they need to know about that dog and their intensity level. And each one of our dogs are different um, in terms of color. Like Cinnamon started off, did she start off as green? She was green and now she's yellow. And now she's yellow. So, <laughs> she's and going I the wrong that. direction. <laughs> <laughs> she's just sassy, that little dog. I mean, she's, she's, she's getting more like, comfortable. Yeah, she <laughs> is. And that's exactly why that happened. Like when she started out, off as green, she was with us a week. She just came into our house she didn't know the routine and now it's been months since she's been with us and she's so comfortable. She's super comfortable. So as she got more comfortable, her true, and we talked about this, her, like her true personality started to come out. And now we see that she's, you know, she 
she wants to claim max. She wants to play all the time. She's high intensity. Like she's very vocal. So she requires more attention. But can you guys talk about the color system and how that works? Yeah. So definitely uh, a lot of people would probably think they see red, yellow and green and it's kind of you know, it's a stoplight. So mm-hmm. it's something that we're all familiar of, of like, hey, red's bad and yellow's okay and green's good. Whereas really what it actually means in our system is just the amount of individual attention, right? So it's not about temperament. It's not about where you're at in the socialization process. It's really about how much time do you need from one-on-one trainer throughout the course of the day, whether that's in the crate, out in the pack, on place, all of those coping mechanisms, how much attention do you require to stay calm, stay neutral, all of these things? Yeah, we have red dogs that, um, that, and obviously, you know, I hate using the word bad or, you know, whatever. It's just like, that's our most, our highest level of support that that dog needs. But we have red dogs that are, have great social skills. They have no reactivity with the other dogs, but they're awful in the crate or they cannot, um, chill on place right so so to us that that dog needs just as much support as as a dog like rusty would who can't have his leash dropped in the pack and it doesn't matter to me if you can't have your leash dropped in the pack if you don't know these coping mechanisms that i need you to rely on if you ever were to get stressed yeah and you guys don't just it's not like they go into the day camp and they go through the motions and it's like it's crate time you're just going to stay in this crate until one o'clock, then we'll take it. Mm-mm. They, if that dog is showing, you know, reactivity issues in the crate, if they're showing any kind of signs that they need to work through that, a trainer is going to stay right there with them and work them through the, the crate. They're yeah. going to try to calm them down. They're going to try to, you know, reinforce the crate in a positive way. So it's not like each dog, there's a schedule and they're following the schedule and they just go through the motions and whatever happens, happens. They're just like ignoring the fact that this one dog is you right. know, retaliating against the crate or they want to, they don't want to stay in place. They're trying to get them to understand each step. So like our dog bubbles, he is low energy. You know, he typically just flops on the floor and wants to stay there. It's the hardest <laughs> thing about him is so that his, his challenge is like, he, he wants to just lay there and give up and not do anything <laughs> And they're trying to say no bubbles. Like we got to keep going. We you have to move for two seconds, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just two seconds. And he requires more attention than Max. That Max is kind of just roaming around, and he knows he's you know. And now he knows how to approach dogs in the right way. He's he's has he has great social skills. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't require so much direction. And he's calm in the crate and he's beautiful in place. Yes. Yeah, beautiful so, on the leash too. So it's like he's going through the schedule. So he's he's practicing place. He's practicing crate work. He's practicing, um, you know, staying calm. He's going with the pack. He's practicing show, social skills. So he's learned that structure where he doesn't need so much direction where other dogs do. So I feel like it's really important when you're looking for a daycare for your dog where they're working with your dog as an individual mm-hmm. and they're allowing your dog to, you know, to, they're allowing your dog to show who they really are and work them through that, through those issues. Yeah. And just like with our training philosophy, it's not a recipe based training, right? It's we're meeting the dog where they're at and just because they are green on their first day and they come back and they're screaming the entire day doesn't mean, you know, we're sending them off. We're working through that and seeing where exactly they got uncomfortable. Well, 
that's a core difference too, is we don't kick dogs out. Yeah, exactly. You know, if your dog growls, uh, fine, great. That they're in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it doesn't mean that we can't, we're not going to work on it, but exactly what you said. It's not like, okay, bye. You know, you were worse the second day than you were the first we have a plan for that. I mean, Rusty came for an evaluation and Easton was like, I really don't know that this is like a day. It's not fair to put him in day camp. He's, he needs to be a day trained dog, which is very different than day camp day camp. It's a trainer is designated to that dog the entire day. Um, so now Rusty does day trains and Easton works with him. Most of the time it's Easton or you, mm-hmm. um, throughout the entire day and gives him breaks and really focuses on him as an individual. Mm-hmm. We're not going to just be like, okay, bye. If your dog has an issue, we will kick your dog out. If you are not working these things on these things at home, cause it's not fair to your dog. Yeah. And it's that, not fair. and it goes back to us, right? That's where do we go wrong? Right. A lot of play carriers, they'll bring in a dog into a 60 dog pack and say, Oh, your dog's rude, inappropriate behavior. We can't deal with them. Whereas we're like, okay, where did that dog get uncomfortable? Where do we need to start at and, and work from there? Um, like you said earlier, we're going to be more comfortable with uh, a red dog that we know exactly what their home life is like and, and kind of, you know, how they're going to react to certain situations and, and really know what makes them tick. We're going to trust that dog and be more comfortable with that dog in our pack than, say, a, a dog that's off leash that we've never met before. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's definitely and it's not about the dog. I bring that up because it's it's about our energy. That's the most important thing in that room of do we feel calm and confident so that our dogs can also feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with your camps, like would you say if there if someone is not finding a structured day camp, they're working all day, they they want to get their dogs to, you know, go to a daycare mm-hmm. because for that reason, would you suggest them just you know, dodging the day camp all the way and maybe hiring like a dog walker to come over plenty of times. Cause I feel like, like the day camp, if you put them in the wrong environment, you're teaching your dog bad behaviors without you realizing. And it's kind of like ruining your dog without you realizing they're ruining your dog. Like your dog will go in in a way. And after a, a certain amount of days at this day camp where there's no structure, there's a lot of chaos, there's no direction, your dog's learning bad manners, um, it can lead to problems where your dog may become like dog reactive or person reactive. So, yeah, I mean, I had a session, um, a couple weeks ago with a pity who looked actually a lot like bubbles, um, just black and white. Um, she was great, but she was um, super dog friendly, like super too dog friendly. Right. So, and, and she goes to day camp, I think it was twice or three times a week because mom works really, really long hours. So the expectation of that dog was, I see another dog, I get to play with the other dog. Now, mom was coming to me for the sibling um, as well as her, but they sort of fed off of each other that she could no longer walk them past another dog because one of them thought that everything was a party and that dog meant that they they were going to play because that was the expectation she was learning and practicing that mindset two to three times a week all day. Uh, and then the other dog was like, Whoa, that's a big deal. And then there was, there were issues. Right. So I, I think I'm not, I don't live with you. I don't live with your dog. I don't have your schedule. So at the same time of yes, I don't think that daycare, um, a non-structured daycare more than one or two times a week is ideal. I don't, 
I don't, I get to bring my dog to work with me, so I can't, I can't talk. Right. Um, but for people who work really long hours, there are things like dog, dog walkers, or, um, there are people that do tiny daycares at their house. Uh, and if you can find somebody who does that, um, that, that way your dog is not around a bunch of different dogs all day, every day. Um, it's, most of the time, just one person and five dogs in their backyard, um, which I think is great. But once in a while, totally fine. Just like I could go out to a club every, well, that's a lie. I could go, I could go to like a bar, right? A very busy bar, um, like every once in a while. But if you, if I did that every weekend, oh, I would be, I would be the person fighting somebody at the bar the next weekend. And it, it reminds me of almost like, this is kind of an odd comparison, but it goes back to what is beneficial for your dog. When a dog comes into us and they've been pulling their owner on a harness for two years, a structured walk for 10 minutes is going to be much more beneficial and probably drain that dog more than an hour walk on that harness of them just pulling you down the street. So just, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but yeah. do what feels right for you and your dog. Once again, does not have to be all or nothing. So if it's, it's just maybe I would suggest, I think the most I've ever done was let's go down to one day a week or once every other week. I don't ever want to take an experience away from your dog. But if I notice that they're practicing that mindset way too much and there aren't a lot of structured daycares all over the U S it's just mm-hmm. not a thing. I mean, um, there, there are, are a couple and, um, they're amazing, but they're just not a lot of them. And if that's your only option, or your dog just doesn't get exercise because maybe your dog has human reactivity issues and they only get along uh, with the people at the daycare. Fine, fine. It's better than nothing, but just make it where it works best for you in your situation. Yeah. And with, you know, when you're looking for a daycare, these are great points that we're making that you can ask them, like, what do they do? And, mm-hmm. you know, what do they do typically throughout the day? Like what, does it look like when um, they're, what do they practice there? How, how are they advocating for them? One thing I want to talk about that you just reminded me, mm. cameras, okay? We don't have cameras. We don't have a way that you can watch your dog throughout the day. Um, we do highly encourage and, and are totally fine. If you come the first day that you guys drop the dogs off, you came upstairs, we have a huge window, uh, and you can watch your dog get introduced to the pack. We don't have a camera system because we don't want you watching your dog all day. We want you to unattach from your dog. Uh, It's not healthy for you to be sitting there watching your dog the entire day. Now, that that being said, right, that being said, your daycare should be transparent with you. So they should offer you things like, yeah, absolutely. Come, come and watch. I have this window. You can stay for as long as you'd like or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, and they should be telling you, Hey, we're having problems with your dog mounting or your dog, um, barking or whatever. Um, you need to be working on those things at home Mm -hmm. or, you know, we're actually getting to a point where we can't have your dog here. They should be transparent with you. Um, but, I would not say cameras are a make or break because I think that they're often used badly by the, by the owner, drop your dog off. And if you don't trust the place that you're dropping them off, then don't drop them off. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I feel like you have to really trust who you're handling your dog to. Uh, when we first went, like you said, Hey, come up, watch, see how they're, you know, how bubbles is getting introduced. Every time I get there, I can see what's going on. I know everything there is to know about the camp. So I know where they go, where they're playing all day. Like, And I post a, st- a ton of stuff yeah. online for that reason. Mm-hmm. I want to be transparent. And when they came 
home, like after the first day, we got reports on them, like exactly what happened that day, what you guys saw, you pulled me aside, told me what I needed to do. So there was like full transparency. And for me, that's, that's amazing. Why would I want to watch my dog on a camera all day? If when I pick them up, I'm not getting any feedback. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, feedback from a trainer, feedback from the person that's with my dog all day is way better than me looking at a camera to see if they're comfortable or not. You know, that's if you have that question in your head, then don't take them. Hire someone, one person that will come and walk your dog during the day for you to help alleviate them, because that's way better than dropping them off at a daycare where you feel like they're going to have fun or whatnot, but that's completely different experience for your dog. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think another thing is the reason that I don't like cameras is because a lot of people, um, my cousin, (laughs) when she dropped her dog off at a daycare, she was, we were on vacation and she was showing me a video and she was like, she's sitting in the corner. I'm like, put the phone away. She's sitting (laughs) in a corner because you didn't socialize her when she was younger. You dropped her off at a daycare that you don't know about. Um, and she's a little dog and there's a high school student watching her, right? Like they don't know. They just don't know. And that's, that's why I love our, you know, our, the center and the business we set up is because th- being transparent and honest like that um, was hard before. Because mm-hmm. in in the chaos of a fifty dog pack, if you slightly kind of uh, insinuate that your dog's not having the greatest time, then they're like, "Did my dog get attacked?" You, you know, and mm-hmm. it's people care about their dogs, obviously. Or so why if, didn't you post pictures of my dog exactly. today? Yeah, what were they doing? Are they not happy there? Or they whined when they came in the door or whatever? Do they not enjoy their time there? Uh, we used to get a lot of that because we couldn't we couldn't be transparent with them. We didn't make the rules. And, and our philosophy is all about being on the same page with our dogs. So the fact that I was, you know, in a 50-dog pack, I wasn't on the same page with anyone. But mm-hmm. now that I'm, you know, from from the time that the first dog walks walks in the door, I'm on the same page with that owner and that dog and, and can say what, you know, whatever I need to communicate to them to get on that same page because that's the foundation we've laid. That's the expectation we've laid for our clients and our dogs is that we're going to tell you what we think. And if, you know, you don't really like that information, you yeah. don't have to take it to heart. But well, that's that's our it's from our experience. We used to have to like um take muzzles off before we took pictures, yeah. right? Because we couldn't post any pictures of dogs and muzzles or e-collars or anything like that. And that's been like the biggest difference between now, well, not the biggest difference by any by any means, but yeah. it's been a relief of, hey, your dog um, needs a muzzle and, and yeah. your dog is actually going to do a lot better with a muzzle in the pack and we're going to be a lot more confident with them. So we muzzled your dog today. We're working on these steps and we expect you to actually, not only that, not only are we doing it, we expect you to muzzle train at home, right? Yeah. So it's it's been a huge relief doing that. But what you said too of who's out there matters. Um, the ratio of dog to people matters uh, or dogs to people matters. So um, like before it was 50 and, and it's very common for daycares to have 50 dogs to two people. That's not safe. That's not okay. Um, regardless of, of who's out there or, or, you know, you could have, uh, you know, 50 two, chihuahuas. Yeah. Two people <laughs> that know everything in the world about dogs and 50 chihuahuas. It's still not safe. Um, it's actually probably less safe. Than yeah. 50 chihuahuas. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but who is out there matters. So even our day camp assistants know about dogs. They aren't just like extra hands. They're not just, um, they're not just somebody. Yes. They, they are younger. Um, well, Riley is younger, um, and, and works half day with us, but, 
she now knows about dogs. I can confidently hand her bubbles and have her work bubbles because that that's my goal. Nobody is stepping into that pack without knowing about dogs. Even Sarah, our director, she's worked with me with dogs longer than any of, of you guys have. So she absolutely knows about dogs, but somebody calls out, she has to cover a shift. She's in the pack and, and nobody is less safe because of that. Nobody's less safe if Riley's out there, Brandon's out there because everybody knows about dog behavior and there is always a trainer in that room, always. And we're on the same page yeah. too. So. Yeah, and that's pretty big because with with our dogs, like when we started to, we don't necessarily need day camp for them. Like it's not a day where we can't take them out or they are at home stuck in a crate all day, but we like to take them so they can get that structured day camp where they're learning leash work, they're learning place, they're practicing those good behaviors. So I feel like if you're looking for a day camp where it is an investment, it is money out of your pocket, you're taking your time to drive your dog there, look for one that's going to teach them good behaviors where you're going to walk out of there with a reward. That reward is not just a day where your dog got to potty and stay out all day. It's a day where your dog actually learned some really healthy skills where you're going to see improvement in a few months. Like our dogs, like I said, go once a week, mm-hmm. sometimes every other week. But have we have any like backward progress except with Cinnamon because she's a yeah, yeah. she's a well, sassy well, girl. Um, <laughs> Cinnamon definitely got overlooked by all of us. <laughs> there's been a lot of boy problems yeah she's the only girl we have so it's it's the only sassy girl we have in our pack so you know it's fine but she she is you know with our dogs every time they leave day camp they're coming out better rusty better every time different dog oh my god Easton shared a video of him laying in the crate like she was like he's doing his best impersonation of a puddle and I died at that video like at that picture because he was like literally like melted on the floor and I'm like is this rusty on a crate laying down doing pack plays and doing pack plays like Like, dogs all around him that dog could not get within a foot of another dog the first day that he was there I mean, more than a foot. He couldn't get within four or five feet of another dog. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without trying to go after them. And now he's calmly resting with dogs all over him. Not all over him, but (laughs) in place where it's next to him. (laughs) And I would say, you know, behavior is the, that's what we're all about. So that's probably the biggest difference is we'd have, you know, if we had any working breeds in our pack in a 50 dog pack, Mm -hmm. they were going home more amped than they came because Mm -hmm. they're, experience chaos chaos all day if we're in a club all day we're not gonna go home and be like you know we're gonna be tired but we're (laughs) gonna be scrambled yeah so just we have seen a absurd difference in the behavior walking out of our building since switching to a structured daycare yeah i think if you don't have the option of a structured daycare um and many people do not but and, and maybe you do have to bring your dog to your daycare that you've been going to for whatever reason. A um, couple things that I have normally or I've suggested to people is spend some time with your dog outside of like in the parking lot of that daycare. So walking them back and forth and back and forth be- before you even go in the door. So then that way you're sort of taking a little bit of the intensity off um, and you're also practicing, look, there's other dogs going in the building that have nothing to do with you. Um, you should still be walking with me. So making sure that you are either working on or preventing any sort of issues that you might have with relevancy based on that, on, you know, kind of this party atmosphere or, and, or 
when you walk in there, ask them if it's okay if you just sit in the lobby for a little while with your dog, Mm -hmm. having them watch other dogs go back, you know, one after another, after another, and your dog is uh, just required to sit next to you and just kind of be calm and observe. I mean, we, I encourage people to do that at our day camp. um, If they're having trouble with relevancy um, with their dog around other dogs, but especially at other daycares, those are ways that you can make that um, that that experience a little bit more productive than it is. There's always ways that you can sort of tweak it a little bit. Yeah, and with the you know with a tr- structured day camps, like like I said, it is an investment for you and your dog because if once you find that you are helping them learn good behavioral skills, but once you are in that environment with your dog you know, advocate for them, ask questions, Mm -hmm. look around. If they're not willing to answer your question, if they're not willing to show you where your dog's going to be exactly, what the schedule is, who the people are that are working there, don't leave your dog there. It would be awesome if your if our dogs could talk and tell us. No, I it mean, wouldn't. no, it wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> not my dog. <laughs> Just talking our heads all day, whining. But I mean, that's why it's important to know body language for your dog, at least like as a dog owner, for you to learn the basic body language so you can know the feelings that your dogs are having when they walk into that day camp. Are they scared? You know, what's going on? Or if you do look through the camera, are they, how are they doing? Like, yeah, I think don't overthink it though. Cause I have mm-hmm. gotten a lot of clients who they're like, well, my dog, when I pick up the leash now this morning, or they wouldn't get in the car and they used to love going in the car, which, and those are most of the time, probably every time I've ever been told that those dogs love day camp. I don't necessarily know why what's going on at home that's making that dog do that but don't assume that your dog not wanting to get in the car means that your dog knows where you're going and hates where you're going right yeah. it could be something else it could be i mean it could be anything Maybe. else but like Maybe. we humanize dogs so much that yeah. then we're saying we think oh you know they they know what 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 today is and they yeah. know what time it is and they and know sometimes what's going they on. do know where they're going but i think that's that speaks to a bigger issue of people don't expect us or daycares to be transparent with you mm-hmm. i will let you know and i have let clients know your dog isn't your dog is as good as they are going to get, right? They have, um, the coping mechanisms. It's, um, it's not like they're being reactive. It's not like there's any issues. We're not having any issues with your dog. They're just not having a good time, right? Mm -hmm. They just don't enjoy it. I have told people that I've called people and I've told them you're, especially at, at, um, at the 50 dog pack, uh, daycare, I have called them and I said, it's just too much for them. They're not doing a bad job. It's just too much. And I think people don't expect that level of transparency because um, I think people look at, you know, these business owners as somebody who, regardless of if the dog is having a good time, that's still money coming in the door. That's not me. I can't watch a dog not have a good time all day. Um, And I think that that's another big thing is I'm the owner of the business and I'm a trainer. So it's not like I'm just sitting here like... (laughs) raking in the cash. <laughs> I'm not. Um, it's I'm doing this because I care about about what I do. And I want yeah. these dogs to um, maybe they're not going to enjoy every step of the way because it's going to be stressful. It's going to be uncomfortable. But I, I do want it to be productive. And I, I know I do know when to call it uh, with a lot of these guys. And that's something I hope our clients feel, too, is that we genuinely care about this every step of the way in our day camp day. We're progressing it and making it a beneficial activity. So if you're if this thing your dog struggles with the most is picking you up at the end of the day, we're going to spend however mm, long yeah. we need to to yeah. to focus on that because 
what is all the learning they did before that for if they see you and it goes all out the window? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge thing, though, is coming to us. There are people that um, that come to us and don't understand necessarily the level of commitment that um, we are going to ask not only from the dog, but from the human. So there are, um, shadow, our boy, our boy shadow. So, um, before he passed a few months ago, he had cancer and, um, he struggled a lot with being able to walk up to his owners at the end of the day, meaning he freaked out. <laughs> I mean, freaked, freaked. out. Yeah. Um, and so what we did is one of us, most of the time it was Jillian or Easton, I think that did this, um, that would start working him around five. We would know when they would normally pick up. They'd start working him around five. They'd go towards the lobby, away from the lobby, towards the lobby, away from the uh, lobby. And Shadow's owners had to sit there in the lobby for sometimes 20, 30 minutes before we were able to hand them off or hand him off. But that's the commitment level that we expect from our clients. Like if you're going to bring your dog to us, we are going to be working on a lot of these issues that we see. And we we need your patience. We need your commitment. We need the work from you too. Or there's no reason for us to do this. And it's just kind of whiplash for your dog every time they come because you're not working on this at home or you're not willing to take the time. Now, obviously, if they had ever told us, hey, we've got to run somewhere tonight, like, fine, I totally get that. But they were patiently waiting there and they would get there early and they would, um, they even offered one time, should we come in the middle of the day so you can practice this again too? And just sit here. And it's that level of commitment that we're like, okay, we're seeing progress, not just because of what we're doing, but because what you guys are doing at home, that's Mm -hmm. where it really clicks. And that goes back to, we can't be more committed to our client. Mm -hmm. And people may hear that and be like, isn't your only job to be more committed than a client? And no, because that's where frustration spurs and, and we just want what's best for this dog. Yeah. So if you're happy with wh- where your dog's at, I, I can't force you to change your relationship, but I am going to su- make some suggestions as as to how you could improve it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, we have a whole episode, I think, coming up on um, the life of a dog trainer because I get asked all the time, you know, how did you get into this world or, um, you know, what are some pros and cons? Um, and if you could be doing anything else, what would you be doing? But it's the the hardest thing in this job is I cannot be more committed than the owner. I can't. If you're not going to put in the work as much as I want to put in that work, I can't because it's not fair to the dog. It's not fair to me and it's not fair to you. So, you know, there's a lot of people that um, originally when we first opened attempted to use this as like your average daycare. Um, and it didn't work out for them because the dog was struggling every single day with us. And we would call and say, okay, you know what, how are we doing with crate training at the house? And they would say, okay, well, we can't do it at the house or we're in an apartment or, uh, really haven't worked on place work or whatever it is. I went back to using the harness, even though, um, you know, my dog rocks really, really well in the slip lead. Uh, it's just easier to put on or something. And, and that's where we will call it, not just for, um, our sake for our mental health sake. Um, but for your dog's sake, it's not fair to drop your dog off every single day when we're asking something very different than what you are asking at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think today we really covered a lot with different types of daycares and what you can look for in a daycare when you are searching for one in your area. Um, again, if you'd like to look more into how the structured daycare is completed, you can go to mirror image canine, look into their social media because they share 
lots and lots of videos of how that looks like throughout the day. And also on their website, they have more information about that day camp. So if you're not in the area, you can at least use that as a reference. So in the next episode, we're going to talk about the life of a dog trainer and Easton is going to join us. So we're going to go more into, you know, what that means to if you're thinking about becoming a dog trainer, if you are looking for a dog trainer, I think that's going to be a really helpful one. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, and don't forget, practice makes progress. Good job, All right, Connor. Connor. Good job. <laughs> Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Think Like a Dog Podcast and follow at Mirror Image Canine for training tips. If you have any questions, please reach out to us via email at info at thinklikeadogpodcast.com.